We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who wants to move backwards on the relationship escalator. Uh... Terrifying prospect. (laughs) But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Correct. We are not trained in this. We are not professionals. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Before we jump into today's check-in topic, I want to remind my friends in Minneapolis that I have a show coming up this weekend, if you are listening to it in real time, Mm -hmm. Sunday, June 18th at 5 p.m. at Ice House. I will be uh, hosting my book release show. Um, Big Cats, Spencer, is going to be playing music in the pre-show. So come hang out. Sam's going to be in the audience. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can get tickets Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the links uh, or the show notes of this episode. Thank you for letting me talk about this one final time. (laughs) I am happy to. (laughs) Thank you. I was thanking our listeners, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It's, you know, and, and you. Okay. (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. Got it. (laughs) All right, y'all. So today's check-in topic is, um, is kind of inspired by the conversations we've been having ongoing over the last couple months, I feel like we've gotten a large handful of questions regarding jealousy and security in relationships and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe it's just me because like, I am obviously a part of every single one of these episodes, <laughs> but I'm feeling like really? we're talking about jealousy a lot. And I've been thinking about jealousy a lot, especially because of the pop culture phenomenon that's happening right now in the world of Vanderpump rules. Now I don't, 
actually watch this show. You I don't know it's the terrible. names of the people, <laughs> but can you summarize really quickly to the folks at home what I'm talking about? Like as as humanly as quickly as you humanly can. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so there. On Vanderpump Rules, which is a show that was ostensibly about people who <laughs> worked waiters. at a particular restaurant <laughs> and has now just become people who are too old to be doing the shit that they're doing. Uh, mm. There is a couple, Tom, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox have been dating for the past, I believe, 10 years. Yeah. They've been together for a very long time. Um, and it turns out that he was having a months long affair with another one of the cast members, uh, Raquel, I don't know her last name, uh, who was also Ariana's uh, best friend. And they had been having in this affair for months. They had been sleeping with each other, like while Ariana was sleeping in the next room, he had lied to her about a bunch of stuff. Also at the time that this affair is happening, Ariana's dog and grandmother had died within like a week of each other. And she was in like a terrible, terrible place mentally. And then he was like, you're not paying enough attention to me. So I'm going to go and start sleeping with this person, Raquel, who, and they now claim that they are soulmates and that they are in love and Great. I wish the best oh, for them. Oh, I didn't them. know that piece. Yeah. Wow. Oh, absolutely. And the whole, like, this was all happening while the season was filming, this most this last season. And um, one of the running themes of the season was whether or not Tom's best friend, Tom, was going to hook up with Raquel. And everyone thinks it was a ruse to cover for the fact that Tom Sandoval was having this affair with uh, Raquel. So he was enlisting his best friend to, like, sort of do this shit. Um, And also like they filmed the entire season and then like the day after wrapping, I think this like this all came out. And so they had to like get the cameras back up to like film a subsequent episode, which is we're recording this way, way far in the past, but that was Mm -hmm. the episode that just aired that Sierra is talking about where it was like a lot of drama and very salacious clips about uh, what was happening. And um, yeah, the only issue is that Ari or is Ariana is the only in any way likable person on that entire show. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is a piece of shit. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. So okay, thank you for that. Thank you. Honestly, I feel more in the know, um, and I'm the one that brought the topic to the podcast. For sure. Um, uh, I didn't know that they were still dating, or that they started dating these the two mm-hmm. teacher yeah. people. Um, yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. That is uh, salt in the wound. You know what I'm saying? Salt um, in the wound. Also, she's like yeah. 10 years younger than Ariana, too. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> honestly, so so I wake up this morning and I find all this pop culture crap on my Explore page or whatever the hell it's called. And it makes me start thinking about our listeners and my relationships and my past and and how often jealousy is a feeling that I have felt and how many people out Mm. there and our listeners have are struggling with jealousy. And I always feel like that Sam and I do a good job of talking about jealousy from a holistic point of view. Um, But, and also Sam and I, because we get to see your relationships from the perspective of, you know, two podcast host strangers, we can see so clearly the path in which jealousy can turn toxic, can turn unhelpful, can, can really unravel a relationship. So we are really quick to be like, 
okay, let's work through these emotions um, because I, jealousy 99% of the time doesn't serve us. And then mm-hmm. you fucking read this headline about these rich people fucking yeah. each other over and you're like, oh, wow, everybody has a reason to be jealous. You know, like, <laughs> I got to check out my own marriage. Like, what? Are, you know, nobody is safe. Um, so I guess I just wanted to have like, just like a don't general... date a man child who like is in a <laughs> bad cover band and uh, yeah, <laughs> can't I wish you open told his me that restaurant. years ago. Um, anyway, I I I I just wanted to have like a general conversation about jealousy um, and welcome in uh, the fact that jealousy is a trait and it and a feeling that we all have. We're we're actually evolutionarily hardwired to have it and they they can trace jealousy in in babies as young as six months this is a Mm. natural human behavior Mm -hmm. uh, an emotion and it's really telling us that something we love or enjoy we are at risk of having less of that love and less Mm -hmm. of that joy so we react in like a lizard brain sort of way especially because our you know, popular culture has told us that jealousy is a metric by which we can measure how much we are loved and 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 how secure we are. You know, mm-hmm. I was reading an article um, earlier this morning on N- an NPR called "How Understanding Jealousy Could Lead to a Better Relationship," and I'm going to read a couple quotes from it, and then Sam and I can unpack it. The first one is. Uh, w- from a research psychologist, Jolie Hamilton, and they say, we are surrounded by stories that give weight to jealousy, that give a certain importance to it. We are told that we shouldn't want it in our lives. But also, if you look at our rom-coms and all of our songs and our everything, it is also proof that we are loved appropriately or enough. Mm. What do you think Mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we see it in... Lots of places where like the storyline will be, oh, I didn't think you even cared about me that much until I saw you get jealous of somebody else. Yeah. Oh and then God. it was like, oh, yeah. or people who are like, you know, I see this on reality TV all the time too, where it's like that person, my partner didn't get jealous about this. So like, like mad at their partner, yes, of like totally. you should have, you should have confronted that person because like. Does it, does that mean that you don't love me? Right. Like this idea of like, yeah, you should be jealous. And I think especially like to a certain extent, like the way that toxic jealousy comes out in men in like in male, female relationships where it's like, Mm -hmm. we want, we want our men to be like tough guys who like go after other men to try and like protect their, their person. So like, yeah, I definitely see the ways in which like the, the lesson around jealousy that we learn is that jealousy is an indicator of somebody's passion or love for you or whatever it might be. And like, and people get concerned when, when it's like, why aren't you jealous? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. are you, you should be paying more attention to that or you should, are you unhappy in your relationship if you're not like fretting over whether or not that, that coworker that your partner's friends with is trying to like sleep with them. (laughs) Right. It's like, yeah. I think that's a really good comment too, that it's not just, are they jealous of my pursuers or like Mm -hmm. my flirties, but am I jealous and having that be, you know, a signifier in our minds or our lizard brains that something 
we love or want is at risk of being taken from us. So we have to react. You know what I mean? And if we're not yep. reacting, then does it mean it's not that important to us? Sure. Um, another quote from this article from the same um, quoting ideas from the same research psychologist says, being aware of and verbalizing our feelings is important, but projecting those feelings onto a partner or holding a relationship hostage by our own sensitivities before calibrating for reality is impractical and disempowering. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so I like, I'm going to take the phrase phrase calibrate for reality into my own relationship and into my own <laughs> life and into this podcast of, you know, it reminds me of what you said months ago. Like, is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? No. And oftentimes mm-hmm. our lizard brains are, are, are insecurities speaking through our jealousy is not calibrated to reality. Right. Because we, we've either been trained societally to think that jealousy is a positive emotion or, 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 or a trustworthy one. Let's call it that. Yeah. Cause it's yep. not positive or negative. That, that, that was the whole reason why I wanted to check in about it. Is that like just reminding all of us that it's okay to feel jealous. It's natural. It's normal. You're, you're not a bad partner if you struggle with jealousy, but it is something worth examining because it, yep. it is, it, it, it always traces back to, conditioning, control, and insecurities for me, I think. I think it's an emotion that can like repeat patterns for us that we don't actually want repeated, right? That we know actually don't work for us in the same way that like fear can be a really helpful emotion when we're in a place that's dangerous, right? Like when, when we see a bear coming down the, at the woods at us, fear is like a great emotion because it's like, get out of here, right? Like Mm. this is really scary. Right. And I think that jealousy can be a positive emotion when we're feeling like something is wrong. Right. Like our when joy we're sort is of, threatened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're like, ah, I don't I don't like this. Um, this is this might be telling me something or it might be like an appropriate reaction in a particular set of circumstances. Right. But just like with fear, sometimes our fear gets tied to things that are not actually dangerous or like not actually threats to us. And we have to recalibrate how we move through the world in that. And I think it's the same thing with jealousy, right? Where it's like totally understandable if your partner is is going outside of the bounds of your relationship and having relations with another person, right? Like then it's like, yep, of course, jealousy is an emotion then that tells us this is not a safe place for us to be. This is a place that we need to sort of like put up some emotional walls around, but it gets tied to all sorts of things that are not actually in reality, threats to our relationship. And so it becomes an emotion that is much bigger than it needs to be. And because it's such an important emotion that kind of can tell us things about our own psychological or like emotional safety, we tend to listen to it even when it's tied to things that aren't really true. So like, how do we begin to acknowledge some of those realities and say like, I'm having this reaction because of this thing, but in reality, I know that it's not an unsafe place or mm-hmm. it needs to be calibrated to it. And and how do we actually express some of those emotions and say, like, I know that you're not doing anything wrong, but I, I'm feeling a little bit jealous of this. Right. Like something is mm-hmm. coming up with me as opposed to believing the emotion before we believe our own experience or believe the reality that's around us. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And that leads me well into the last quote that I pulled from the NPR article, which I found helpful and talking about like how to approach jealousy as one jealousy is solely your emotion and your responsibility. However, it is best approached with a teamwork sense of, mm. um, of, of, of problem solving. Yeah. Um, cause it can't solely be on your partner to fix your jealousy. Right. Right. Um, but, and it also can't solely be you, you, the pendulum can't swing so far. You know, I think about, um, like my, the ex that I had right before my current spouse who did cheat on me, who we were trying to rebuild trust. And I feel like my pendulum swung all the way to one side. And I was like, you need to fix this. And obviously he did <laughs> need to fix this. <laughs> Let's be clear because about that. Like, <laughs> he needed to stop cheating on you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that what did you say earlier? That was calibrated in reality. <laughs> <laughs> that was calibrated to reality because he was cheating, cheating on you. <laughs> regularly, consistently. Okay, cool. Um, but then the pendulum swings the other way, in which I am with my now spouse, and she's so secure and she's so trustworthy that my jealousy just sort of like flails you know it's like just out there in the yeah. universe responding to nothing and all of a sudden i realized that this is something that i need to put to bed or or whatever the quote is hanging your happiness solely on your partner's specific actions or reactions mm. instead of working together to create a fair relationship boundary creates an unstable foundation and i thought that was really powerful because i think of a lot of letters that we receive or honestly fucking my relationships, like the ex that I was just talking about, that I needed him to do very specific things in order to check off the box of like, I'm not going to feel jealous about that coworker that you flirt with all the time. That That's not sustainable either. Even though he did wrong me, that sort of yeah. manifestation of my jealousy was never going to equate healing was never going to equate trust. There was no path sure. to trust by controlling his actions or requiring specific actions or responses from him at all times, because he was, he could never, I would be dating a robot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's a, the, the same way when we're expecting our partner to be jealous or we're trying to create situations in which our partner will be jealous too, right? We're expecting a very specific reaction from them. And again, it's like, it's not, it is a, it's like a proxy measure of the health of our relationship that actually is like a big lie to us, right? Where we're like, oh, if they're jealous, then that means that like our relationship has passion. It means that it's, it's really there, when actually what would probably more be more helpful is to actually have some conversations about like what is the relationship and the the quality and strength of it that aren't tied to you need to behave in this specific way in order for me to feel like you love me or for you to fear me to feel like you want to be with me. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Um, and also this fucking Vanderpump shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just I guess, like, like, it used to be this like dumb little show. You know what I mean? Where it yeah, was like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. We, we had we had like stopped watching the season before because it was like so boring because they're just yeah. so awful to each other. And then this all blew up and I was like, couldn't we have it about a better reality show? <laughs> it's like how no, I feel. No, no, that is, this is literally <laughs> what reality shows are. Um, but this is all to say, um, not only is jealousy a normal emotion that we all need to work through. Um, um, shout out to my folks who were like cheated on, gaslit, lied to, and who are feeling like it's hard to put away the feelings of jealousy because, you know, jealousy is trying to, jealousy is out there being like, I'm trying to protect you from it yeah. happening I'm again. trying to control everything yes, so that you never get honestly, hurt. Exactly. And when something like this happens on fucking mainstream television, it's hard not to see it everywhere. So it is everywhere. And also it isn't. And, mm -hmm. um, but like you being jealous isn't actually gonna protect you right from harm. Right. Like right. it's not like this hyper vigilance. And again, like it feels like jealousy in a lot of ways is really connected to fear for me. Right. The fear of something bad happening, the fear of like losing something. But this like hyper vigilance doesn't actually keep us safe. It just makes us doubt our own experiences. Yeah and doubt our partners, whether or not they're doing something bad. Yes. And also if our partner cheats on us or our partners cheat on us, right? Like that doesn't being jealous beforehand doesn't soften the blow, right? It doesn't like yeah. make it feel any less shitty to be cheated on or to have our relationship betrayed in some sort of way. That's what our hearts or our, our lizard yes. brains are telling us, right? Like if I'm jealous, 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 if I'm constantly looking out yes, for signs and I can make it, I can protect myself from it. It won't hurt as much if it happens, but like, you know, I'm sure if Ariana had like had an inkling that this was going on and, it still would have sucked, right? It still would have been the worst experience of her life, yes. I'm sure. So like, again, like it's just one of those things where it's like, we can't keep ourselves safe from every negative experience. It is like impossible for us. So how do we live in a world or accept that reality and make decisions based on that reality rather than making decisions based on like the false idea that we can somehow be protected from bad things happening to us. Yeah, I totally agree. But also like if your partner is cheating on you, like believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, cool. Thanks for that check-in topic. Let's get into today's letter. Let's do it. Our letter today comes from MB, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from across the pond. I've been with my boyfriend, he, him, for about two years. Let's call him Manny. I met Manny shortly after moving across the world to a big city during the pandemic and not knowing anyone. I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship and did not expect to dive headfirst into another one. Enter Manny. He is really wonderful, brings levity to my life, adventure, seeing new places, and showing me how much he cares for me in so many ways. I've never had a doubt that he is super committed to our relationship. He's also always there. Our total homebody doesn't have many hobbies that take him out of the house and his friends don't live nearby. As an expat, I have made so many efforts to maintain an independent identity in this new country, and it's very important to me that I remain independent in various ways. 
We moved in together about a year ago, something that in all honesty, I was not ready for. I was enjoying living with my friend, feeling so independent and carving out a new life for myself. I was feeling secure in my work friendships and finding hobbies that sparked joy. I didn't want to stifle any of that independence with the dynamic of living together. I just wasn't ready and told him as such. In response, he said, if we don't move in together now, then what are we doing? What are we working toward? Because of this and financial realities of a capitalistic society, I decided to bite the bullet and we moved in. It's been a tough year, to be honest. For the last few months in particular, we've had a series of deep emotional conversations that start with him questioning me and our relationship and end with me sobbing and being very confused about where we stand. Mm. The next day, it's back to normal. We've addressed this pattern and he sought the help of a therapist and things have been better, but I'm still shaken by some of the things that he said to me. So anyway, that's a fast forward to where we are now. Manny, happy-go-lucky, back to normal, saw a therapist four times and feels better. And then there's me, overthinking everything, scared to sign a lease for another year of living together and really feeling a bit trapped. I'm getting worried that I'm incapable of having a cohabitating relationship. I lived with my ex and that sort of crashed and burned, but for different reasons. Besties, to be real, I'm so tired of sleeping next to a snoring person. I'm tired of being watched when I get changed. I'm tired of having everything questioned. What are you eating? What are you up to? I'm tired of feeling pressure to have sex more often. To be clear, these frustrations are not a reflection of Manny displaying abusive controlling behaviors. It's a me problem, just wanting my space back. This brings me to my question. Do you think it's possible to keep the relationship intact and move away from what society has deemed the traditional trajectory of a relationship? Am I just avoidant? Answer, probably yes. Am I the problem? <laughs> I, I don't want to break up, but I do think I would resent and regret not having an opportunity to live with a friend or live on my own in this stage in my life. Where is the gray area? Mm, all right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this pickle, this letter. Um, I I have a lot of hope for you and your relationship. And I love the opportunity that Sam and I have in answering your letter to talk about the relationship escalator and how that is a construct that we've created in our minds for how relationships are supposed to grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. And like so many things in, um, in our world, we think of them linearly, you know, you meet, you date, you become exclusive, you um, get in, you move in, you get engaged, you die. Okay. Yeah. And it's all, it's that it all leads to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that is just not the way it goes for so many couples, partnerships, relationships, single people, you know, no life line is linear other than the whole birth and death order, to be honest. Right. True. Um, and we're going to uh, hopefully give you some advice um, or some perspective on how to navigate this for yourself and for your relationship. But first, we're going to take a very quick break. Thank you. 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, So MB, thank you so much for writing this letter. Um, I think that sort of your main question here is kind of like, can we go backwards <laughs> on mm, the relationship mm-hmm. escalator? Um, which I think is such a really interesting question um, in your context and also just like in sort of a broader context around like, 
again, like Sierra said, the societal pressure to move in a particular trajectory. Um, and I want to create space for the idea that moving in a different direction than what society tells us is the right direction to be moving can in a lot of ways be super helpful. And if it were available to more people, I think would actually produce relationships that are a lot healthier for people, right? Because mm -hmm. like the idea that we all move in the same direction on the same path is silly given the fact that we know that we are all different people with different relationships right. and right. different needs and wants and preferences, right? And I think that there's really something beautiful in the idea yes. of trying something out for a while and realizing like, oh, this isn't actually working for us, right? So mm -hmm. why don't we try something different instead, right? And I think that there's a lot of opportunity here for us to really think about, like, we get to decide the parameters of our relationship. And if we're mm -hmm. able to articulate those things to each other and agree to them in a meaningful way, then it can look like however we want it to look like. It could look right. like us moving out for a while. It could look like us taking a year break from each other to come back and see how things are going. It could look like us um, agreeing to... Um, move into a lunar colony together or something, right? Like there's like so many different options that are available to us that we're not thinking about. And the fact that we have this idea that there's an assumed way of moving hampers what could be an actually really helpful step for us that, that feels like a step back when actually it's a step forward into a different iteration of what our relationship could look like. Absolutely. It reminds me of the ideas that were born out of our relationship anarchy conversation a couple months ago. Just the idea that it can your relationship can be a smorgasbord or a charcuterie board. How about where, a buffet where you get to pick and choose what you want? Maybe you are monogamous, but you don't live together. Maybe you live together, but you don't sleep in the same bed. Maybe you try living apart and it doesn't go well. So in three months, you just try, you decide to live together again. You know, I think that we reasonably get get trapped in sort of linear thinking. And I want to offer you the small piece of perspective that culturally, oftentimes we think the moving out is a signal that it's the beginning of the end. And it is totally reasonable if your partner feels that anxiety, has that sort of fear activated by this conversation. And also it can be going forward, going forward into a new chapter, a new level of health and security in your relationship um, that doesn't have to do with shared keys or leases. Um, I want to push back on one thing that you say in your letter where you say, um, you know, he went to four therapy sessions and he's all happy go lucky back to normal. Well, that doesn't really, again, that's a, you're, you're not, you're discrediting that he could have gotten a lot of tools and strength from those. He's not the same person that he was before those four therapy sessions. He's not back to normal. He's a new normal, right? He, he, he has a different tools and different approaches. And again, I don't know him very well other than your letter, but um, don't discredit your ability, your boyfriend, your partner's ability to adapt and be resilient with you because we are inherently creative. I think that's what, I think that, that's what like rom-com relationship culture, uh, the 
the relationship escalator strips from us the ability to be creative in our relationships, in our problem solving, in what our lives, For our sure. partnerships look like. Yep. You can be creative. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think as you're sort of thinking about this, what this next iteration of your relationship is going to look like, I also just want to ask you a question which is that like, what about this relationship makes you feel like you are so unable yes. to ask for what you need that you feel like you need to put lots of physical space between you and your partner? And I'm asking that for a couple of reasons, because there are a couple of things in your letter where I was like, huh, which was the first where, where you were having this conversation about like um, the idea of moving in together. And you said, you know, I'm not really interested in it in this moment. And he asked the question of, if we don't move in together now, then what are we doing? What are we working toward? And I'm curious what your answer to that question is, mm -hmm. right? Because it, because it feels like you were working towards something in the relationship, right? It feels like you were doing something in the relationship mm -hmm. before moving in together, but it also feels like you just kind of accepted that the answer to that question was what Manny had decided the answer to that question was. Yes. And I, I feel I'm, I want to know where you are in that sort of understanding of your relationship, right? Because again, it doesn't have to look like moving in together, but, but where were you in that ultimatum? Like in answer to those questions, what, what sort of responses did you have to it? And why, if you didn't want to move in together, did you decide that Manny's answers to those questions were more important than yours or that you couldn't mm -hmm. answer those questions with as much weight, with as much um, with as much power as he was able to answer those questions. And I don't know what it is, right? Like it says, you sort of talk about how his uh, behaviors are not abusive or controlling. And I don't think that they are, but I do think that his wants and needs and desires in this relationship are taking up a lot more space yes. than your wants and needs and desires in this relationship. And I don't think it's necessarily a you problem. I think it's a both of you problem in this because like, yes. again, this question of like, I don't want to sleep next to someone who snores. I don't want to be watched while I'm changing. Right. I don't want to, I'm tired of getting a bunch of questions about what I'm eating, about what I'm, what I'm up to. These are all things that seem really reasonable for me to ask for what you need about, right? Like yes. if you don't want somebody watching you change, can you ask him not to watch you, right? Like, can yes. you go into a different room and change, right? Or if you don't want somebody sleeping next to you who snores, can you have a conversation about CPAP machines? Can you have a conversation about like sleeping in a different bed, right? Like, totally. again, these are all like reasonable things. And all of these asks don't feel like to me, you're somehow doing moving in together wrong, <laughs> right? Mm, like mm -hmm. it feels like, uh-huh. Yeah. These are definitely conversations that Peter and I have had about how we cohabitate with each other, what it looks right. like when one of us needs space, what it, you know, there are things where it's like, oh, you're doing this thing. Can you please stop? But we both had to agree that our, our wants and needs were both important in this relationship and in cohabitating, we were going to have to figure out how to make space for both of our wants and needs and not just one of them. So I want you to think really long and hard about like, why is it that it feels like Manny's desires for what happens in this relationship seem to always take precedence over yours. So much so that you feel like you can't even be in the same space with him 
because yes. your needs are being so diminished or un, either unspoken, unheard, unresolved, whatever it might be. And again, I don't know the dynamics of your relationship because I'm not in it, but that is the clear pattern that I'm seeing. And I think that is what is driving you to feel like the only out you have is to leave the space altogether. Yes, I totally agree because there's this underlying swallowing that's happening. For sure. And and that's what happens if if you are um avoidantly attached. Yep. Um what you know, you you swallow your needs for the greater good. You swallow your needs because you think it's the the thing that has to happen. And all of a sudden those needs build up and you need to get them there, there's no there's no effective healthy way to get them anymore, basically. Absolutely. Um, normalizing the negotiation, normalizing giving and taking. And you know what, if he, here's, here's the thing I want to leave you with. It is totally possible for you two to move out, to live in separate houses, A, and, and have your relationship um, be fine, but it's also possible for him to not like it and have your relationship survive that disagreement or rift because we all have to move through life disappointing people or doing mm-hmm. things that they don't want us to do. Um, it, I'm not going to lie. It could totally maybe be a big issue for him. For sure. And maybe that's a deal breaker. Maybe he needs that escalator to move linearly. And also like maybe not, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you guys can work through that discomfort together. So I think... Our advice to you is to start asking for what you need in this relationship. Start if you if it feels like the apartment has so little space for you that you need to run and go find someplace else to live, then my question for you is how can you take up more space? How can yeah. you be asking for what you need? How can you make that apartment more of yours and less of just Manny's? And if that doesn't feel possible for you, then let's figure out how you can get yourself out of the situation, whether that is to say that you would like to continue the relationship and move out or if the relationship needs to end. But something here has to change because you are worthy of taking up way more space in this relationship, in the physical space that you're in. And and I don't know that the solution to the problem is just to continue swallowing in a different apartment, right? And, and right. Continue to not ask for what you need in a different space. Uh, and so how do you get to a point where you can begin to voice some of these concerns in a way that doesn't feel like you're like asking for too much? Yeah, absolutely. All right, my darling. Uh, thank you so much for trusting us with this letter, for listening. And we hope this helps. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you are interested in more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to all of our primary episodes without ads. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs. You can send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. And this literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis, a.k.a. Big Cats. Make sure to check out his music and his podcasts. And remember, even though we have inherited narratives about how our relationships could should look, how they should flow, how they should be and grow and exist, we are the authors of these stories. We can pick and choose the narratives that we want to participate in, that we want our relationship to reflect. And if all else fails, just break up.